Hello, and welcome to Project Doing Good, the podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Straw, and we have been focusing our efforts over here at PDG to actually get behind people's doing good projects and help make them a reality. So by researching, strategizing, networking, and marketing their projects, we are helping everyday people just like you really make an impact on society. Our current project in progress is called Mama Mimicry, and it's started by the amazing and wonderful Heather Chow. The goal of this project is to provide therapeutic relief to premature babies in NICUs, which stands for Neonatal Intensive Care Units, through making products that mimic the baby's mother. So why is this such a big deal? Well, according to the World Health Organization, every year an estimated 15 million babies are born preterm or premature and that's before 37 completed weeks of gestation. And this number is rising. Preterm birth complications are the leading cause of death among children under five years of age, responsible for approximately 1 million deaths in 2015. And three quarters of these deaths could be prevented with current cost-effective interventions. Across 184 countries, the rate of preterm birth ranges from 5% to 18% of babies born. And according to the Center for Disease Control, in 2016, about 1 in 10 babies were born too early in the United States. There's nearly 543,000 babies who were born too soon in 2006, according to the National Center for Health Statistics. The nation's preterm birth rate, or premature birth rate, rose 12.8% in 2006, and that's a 36% increase since the early 80s. So this is clearly a big problem, and it's only getting worse in Luckily, there's people like Heather that are trying to do something about it. So you're really going to love Heather. She's in her third year of medical school, pursuing her dream to become a pediatrician. And she recently came up with the idea that was going to enable her to start caring for children, even in the midst of med school. She's got an incredible heart and her drive to do good really is inspiring. And that's one of the reasons we're working with her. And this is a multi-part series that we are documenting as it progresses. So let's go ahead and jump in by letting Heather tell her story of how she started this project and where we are currently at with it. Hi, Heather. Hey, Cam. Hey, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. No, thanks for having me. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your story and where you're at now in med school and why you wanted to become a pediatrician in the first place. All right. So... That's a pretty loaded question. Um, Let's see. Well, I've always kind of fantasized about being a pediatrician ever since I was basically a kid myself in kindergarten. My dad was a hospitalist in the Bay Area, and he used to take me to the hospital with him when he did rounds. And kind of like as a treat, um, he would say that once we're finished seeing all of his patients, we would go over to the, I guess, the delivery ward and see how many babies were born that day. And so I guess kind of having that positive aspect of babies as this prize and seeing babies all the time kind of prompted me to always want to be a doctor for babies. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. And where are you currently at in school right now? Um, I am a third year medical student at Toro University in Nevada, out in the desert. (laughs) Yeah, got it. And what made you 
want to start helping premature babies and helping people in the midst of med school? In medical school, ever since day one, they like during orientation, um, a lot of advisors and whatnot, they talked about this whole idea of delayed gratification while we're in med school. So um, for some people, delayed gratification means seeing friends get married or buying a house, starting a family. Um, For me, it was more like being able to help kids while I'm in med school. So I was kind of frustrated with the idea that even though I'm in med school, I'm not really helping kids out yet. I'm kind of learning all the important stuff that I'm supposed to be learning about, but there was really no um, like contact with helping kids out, especially during our first and second years where a lot of it is just in-class didactics. And yes, we can probably like volunteer and do all that kind of thing, but for me, that wasn't reaching a broad enough audience of kids. And so one day when I was driving to school, I was listening to the radio and I overheard them talking um, about this octopus for a preemie project. And I fell in love with that idea. I thought it was amazing. And just a little background for um, octopus for a preemie. It's basically this um, program that came about and they have volunteers crochet little octopi for premature babies. Um, And so these babies have lots of, can have lots of problems. Maybe, you know, their lungs are underdeveloped and these little octopi kind of were found to help babies develop a little bit better, whether that meant like increasing their heart rate or oxygenation levels. And so I, I thought that was like a brilliant idea and I thought that maybe one day I could mimic that in med school. And it wasn't until um, I kind of just randomly threw around that idea to my cousin who was kind of looking for something else to do other than work, like a side project. And she was like, oh my gosh, that's such a great idea. And from that conversation on, we started just kind of running with it. And what are you calling the project? Where are you at currently? We've gone through a few names, but right now we're calling it Mama Mimicry. And my boyfriend, Ryan's friend, Brian, actually came up with that name. And the idea behind that is what we're trying to do is create a product that kind of mimics um, the experience of the baby being in the womb. So our product right now kind of looks like a little jellyfish guy, really friendly, really cute, um, long appendages, and these appendages will somewhat mimic um, the umbilical cord that the baby has, has interaction with in the womb. And so these little jellyfish tentacles will be able to be get pulled by the baby and kind of soothe them. Um, 
so that the baby won't be tugging on like really important wires that they're connected to. And there's also hopefully going to be other um, cool aspects in the jellyfish, such as maybe a heating ele element so that the, the baby can, it, it, I guess that would kind of mimic the, the mother's warmth and also um, maybe a vibrating element because that could really, that's been shown to really calm down colicky babies, babies with um, stomach issues and incorporating like a mom's heart sound. So that would really help soothe the baby. Yeah, because that's so needed because depending on when the baby's born, they can be without their mom and not even get to touch their mom yeah. until, you know, days or weeks sometimes, right? Yeah, exactly. And so I guess our whole idea is kind of going back instead of providing them with like super high tech things is we're trying to go back to the basics and using nature as the model to create our product. I love that. Now, um, the main thing we're trying to figure out is what materials are um, safe for us to use in our product so that they won't um, irritate the baby or, you know, babies put lots of things in their mouth and we don't want them to inhale any particles or we don't want the materials to be toxic. So right now, I think that's our main focus is trying to figure out what actual materials will be safe for the baby because safety of course is number one then we would have to figure out um because i think like size and weight are really important in this product for especially such a tiny baby because premature babies can well my nephew was two pounds just to <laughs> provide some context and they can even you know be bigger than that so I think figuring out what the average size of the premature baby is and possibly making um, a few sizes to test out for the different size babies would be um, beneficial. Right, because they're like, their whole body can fit in our hands. So. Exactly. So trying to figure out the size of the product is also pretty important. So you told me about your dad and bringing you into the hospital and you catching a vision at an early age. But why premature babies? At the time we were starting to talk about all of this, my cousin Michelle, who I was talking to you about earlier, um, who's designing all of our prototypes, her brother just had a premature baby and she got to kind of experience all of that and see um, like kind of the frustration and the beauty of what it was like for her nephew to stay in the NICU. And, and then, you know, as the project kind of moved on, we found out that there were a lot of other premature babies that we, that we knew but didn't know of at the time. And it's kind of one of those things where maybe all of us, to some degree, knows somebody who was a premature baby. And so it's kind of a widespread thing that we didn't really realize at first. Another reason why I want to help babies, and especially premature babies um, in general, is that, you know, babies are kind of, they're born into this world 
and they're born into a lot of stress, like the premature babies especially. And, you know, they did nothing to deserve that. <laughs> it was kind of not by choice. And so that's kind of the population that I have always wanted to help out. They're kind of a little bit more helpless. And I heard it's even becoming more and more of an issue. And I don't know if you've been researching at all on that, but I, I didn't know that it's actually there's more premature births than, you know, 30 years ago. It's going up. Yeah, totally. Probably a combo of because um, I think maybe back then technology wasn't as great. And so instead of having a lot of premature babies being born, a lot of them would die in utero or shortly after being born. So it might be a combo of that and, you know, the huge opioid crisis that's been going on that's been producing a lot of premature opioid babies. Yeah. So can you tell everyone where Mama Mimicry is at right now? Because I know it's an ongoing project we've been working on trying to find hospitals and working with our connections and various nurses and NICUs so we can get the right materials. But what is your focus right now and what have you learned so far? Yeah, going into the project, we had lots of assumptions. We thought, oh, you know, there's lots of premature babies. They need to be helped. Nurses are understaffed. You know, we can totally help them. And this, this product should, shouldn't be too hard to get into hospitals because there's already the Octopus for a Preemie project that um, is linked to certain hospitals. And, you know, babies have lots of um, little things sent in all the time. So that should be easy, right? Not so much. Um, first, like sending cold emails to nurses at very prestigious hospitals was already kind of a struggle figuring out who to contact. And once we did get into contact with them, a lot of people told us that, you know, they wouldn't be able to accept any products because of a lot of rules and regulations around bringing things into um, the hospital, especially to a baby who's so immunocompromised and at high risk of infection. Um, so we didn't, we, we knew that there might be a little bit of resistance or it might be kind of a struggle, but we didn't know that it was going to be this difficult. We had a rough go of it at first, trying to connect with various hospitals. And after exhausting all of our personal contacts to no avail, we reached out to hospital NICU staff through cold emails, which wasn't the most effective. Here is an email thread from a medical director at a NICU that will remain anonymous. But I was excited because after emailing three of her colleagues, I finally got her to respond to me personally. But this is what she said. Hi, Cameron. We currently discourage the use of stuffed animals in our NICU due to concerns over fomites and bio burden as part of our CLABSI reduction initiative. I understand that you have addressed concerns over potential allergens, but have you developed and tested an antimicrobial fabric for use in your stuffed animals? So fomites are objects or materials that might carry an infection. Bioburden is normally defined as the number of bacteria living on a surface that has not been sterilized. And CLABSI is central line-associated bloodstream infection. So preemie babies have a central main line, like a catheter or other line. 
going directly into their bodies to provide them with medication and other needed fluids. So I totally understand that hospitals have protocols and this being a concern, bringing in a foreign object that could potentially cause harm to a baby. So to make sure I could adhere to the standards, I reply to try to see if I can get more information. Hi, doctor. Thank you for getting back to me. We have manufacturers committed to producing any material or product needed to meet the criteria and standards required. The information you provided is extremely helpful for us to ensure we create a product that could be acceptable for babies in the NICU. We have not developed or tested any antimicrobial fabrics yet. Stuffed animals are not necessarily what we would use, but something crochet perhaps, like what has been used in the Denmark Hospital's NICU called the Octo Project. They used crochet, 100% cotton materials that could be washed or perhaps disinfected in some other way. Can you tell us what fabrics are used in your NICU for blankets, sheets, etc., so we could make our product out of the same materials? We would greatly appreciate any information that could help us make this project a reality and we respect everything you are doing to provide the highest level of care for these babies. We truly appreciate all your time and consideration. Hi Cameron, I've heard about the Octo Project and we are concerned about crocheted items because there are so many crevices where bugs can hide. Until we have our Clabsy issue under control, we are minimizing any stuffed animals or anything that isn't wipeable in our unit. These responses are completely understandable, but it was starting to seem like we weren't gonna be able to find a NICU that would pilot our program but then I got a call from Heather and her boyfriend, Ryan, who's also helping out with the project. Hey, hey, hey. Hello. Hello. So we actually did a phone call yesterday with oh, um, sweet. Ryan's friend, Ryan's yeah. and my cousin. Wow. Um, and so... Brian's aunt is that Nikki nurse that we were we've yeah, been yeah, yeah. to, and she's like super awesome. She's volunteering her time, and she's just kind of just to give us feedback and everything. We showed her the prototypes that my cousin um, made, and they kind of got the chance to talk through it and everything. Right. And she seemed to have she seemed to be open to. Um, getting the prototypes into possibly the smaller hospital that she works at. Oh, wow. It's not, it's not 100%, but she made it sound like that should be a problem. Wow. As long as the materials are kind of the approved materials. Was she going to find out what that those approved materials needed to be? I, I think she um, was going to look into it, and she was wow. also going to um, send me, like, you know the blankets and beanies that babies, the newborn babies, yeah, are, um, get in the hospital. She's gonna send those to me so that we can see what those are made of. Yeah, one thing that was huge for us, Robin, literally said that if we make something that she feels is safe from a infectious disease standpoint, right. from a bacteria standpoint, and for all intents and purposes, when she interacts with it, she feels like you would serve the baby well. No. Sounds like they'd put them in our hospital. Yeah. And actually, like, take it to the NICU, give it to a baby, watch the baby. Wow. So it's a very exciting time for us all being able to see this idea start to actually take form. Now having a nurse at a NICU being willing to test the product is amazing. Now Heather's cousin is working on the design, and we are confirming the proper materials we need to make this product. 
So if you can crochet or have design skills and can help us come up with a rendering of the first prototype, please email us at info at pdgood.net or go to the website and click the submit button. If you have any insight or would like to be of help in any way with the Mama Mimicry project, please reach out to us. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate all your support. And if you really want to show some love, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review. And we also have an amazing website you can check out. So visit us at projectdoinggood.com. And there you can hear all about the latest projects we're working on. Oh, 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 oh